This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. You know, last week you contributed, I took up an offering of scriptures, right? And you will get that, you know, uh, list in just a little bit. But when you actually leave, it's probably, I don't know, seven or eight pages of scriptures already written out. We went through them several times and I believe everybody's just in there, you know, but they'll be at the door. The ushers will have those at the door so you can pick it up. You don't have to carry it with you now. Uh, when you leave. And uh, also, if I told you, or actually, uh, I think you, you get the, your appetite whetted for it through uh, Dan and uh, Katie about memorizing scriptures, you know. Uh, we all we'll memorize what, a couple Bibles worth already now? <laughs> some different translations or something? Try. But uh, it's, it's one of the, the most awesome things when you, you memorize the scripture, and it's pretty easy. And uh, at the very end of the service, I would might, may like to take an hour or a half an hour to teach it. I think we can do it in about five minutes, you know, to communicate that to you. So we've been talking about, this is part three, I think, speak life. And what I want to talk about today is promises. Promises. Have, have you ever made a promise? You ever broke a promise? Ever know somebody else who broke a promise? So we understand promises, the many facets of promises, you know. And I think the worship team started off a song like, all your promises, you know, won't let go of me in the, uh, the beginning here. But I was reading this article. The Library of Congress lays claim to be the largest library in the world with more than 150 million items on approximately eight 138 miles of bookshelves. Imagine reading all those. The collections include more than 32 million books and other printed materials, 3.0 million recordings, 15 million photographs, 5 million maps, 61 million manuscripts. You know, and yet among all the volumes, the only book that even claims to have life in it and power in it is the Bible. Only one book. You know, other books bring us information and we need information. The Bible in Hosea 4, 6, it tells us my people perish for the lack of knowledge. You know, this information, we need information. That's pretty cool. But only the Bible brings about transformation. It brings about a change in us, changes that we can't, you know, bring about in our own natural human strength, you know. Um, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, understand that God's word is his promise. You know, it really is. And a promise to, to receive the fullness of a promise, you must meet conditions. Does that make sense? There are conditions to, to a promise. If you tell your kids, like, I'm going to pay you 100 bucks this weekend if you mow the grass. And they come looking for their 100 bucks. And did you mow the grass? Well, I didn't mow the grass. Is that wrong to attach a condition to it? Or what does the Bible say in 1 John 1 9? If you, if you confess with your mouth, you know, if you confess your sins to God, if you confess your sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you. And cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But what if you don't confess your sins? Are you automatically forgiven? No, you're not. You gotta meet the condition. You gotta acknowledge, hey, I was wrong. I did the wrong thing. Would you please forgive me? God forgives us, you know? Anyhow, there are conditions in all the promises of God, and they're wonderful things. You know, they, they really are. Anyhow, it says in Hebrews 4:12, it says, For the word of God is full of Living power. It's alive. It changes things. That's how transformation is made because it's full of living power. It's not just full of, you know, someone's words, you know, but the Bible is full of living power. Here's a couple of passages here that 
you're probably very familiar with, but hopefully you see something you never saw before. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says, it is the same. It is, it is the same. What does the same mean? It means it's the same. It's, it's like you got twins. It's like, wow, you look a whole lot like you. You know, you are the same, you know. These twins we got here. And he says here, it is the same. I mean, just like twins. It's the same with my word. What, what's he talking about? What's the same? It's the same with my word. So we need to back up one verse. In Isaiah 55, verse 10, it says, The rain and snow. You all familiar with snow? See, God knows I need an object lesson. He just knows right when to send it, you know. The rain and snow come down from the heavens. And I know we can't really wait for more of this white, beautiful white stuff, but it says, the rain and snow come down from the heavens and it stays on the ground. So we've seen this and we understand how that works. It says it stays on the ground to water the earth because there's life in water. What would happen if there were there was no water on the earth at all? What would happen? Would you be here? Nope. Maybe mummified, like a raisin or something or another. But without water, it takes water. Everything needs water to live, you know? He says, the rain and the snow, they come down from the heaven, and they stay on the ground to water the earth, and they cause the grain to grow. Let me see. I might have some of that here. This is good old wheat. And it says, you know, these are just hard and dry, you know. And they're all over the place. You know, people make messes up here all the time. Buff is hard and dry, and it can sit in this bag here for years and years and years and years. And you see nothing really changes about it. But the scripture says, it says that this, uh, the rain and the snow that come down from the heaven stays on the ground and it waters the earth. And they, talking about the rain and the snow, they cause the grain to grow. Because we know the snow will melt, right? It's melting right now. It's going to melt, turn into water. It's going to water the grain. Sun's going to hit it. Temperature's going to rise a little bit. And that's going to turn into green uh, blades of wheat, you know. It says they cause the grain to grow, producing or creating or bringing into being seeds for the farmer. Do farmers like seeds? They do. They hope for every one seed, they're going to get maybe 300 seeds back, you know, or so. And it says they cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer. And, and I made a mistake on this one, guys. <laughs> and it says, in, and they, they, uh, they produce, producing seed for the farmer, and bread for the hungry. And I'm hungry. But this is not gluten-free bread. Uh, uh, this would be a great opportunity to eat some right now. But I'm allergic to it. You know. You, and she's the one who bought it for me. It's like, did you do that on purpose? You know, so, okay, I wondered about that. But how many, how many of y'all eat bread on a regular basis? Everybody, just about everybody there. Well, we understand you grind the grain. This is wheat. And then you make flour out of it and you make bread and you break it. And the scriptures, we understand, it says it causes, they, rain and snow, causes the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. You know, we're all getting hungry. It's almost lunchtime, you know. And we know it all happened because rain, rain and snow, makes it grow. It brings life to it. It really does. It, it releases the life that's pent up inside there. So let's go back to uh, Isaiah 
55, verse 11, it says, It is the same, which we read that a while ago. It is the same with my word. And this is God talking. It's the same with my word, just like the rain and the snow waters the grain and, and, and you know, and it provides bread for the, the hungry. He says, it's the same with my word. I send it out, spoken or written. It can even be put to a melody, to a song. God says, it's the same with my word. I send it out. He sends his word out. And it don't matter if it's written or spoken. He says, it's the same with my word. I send it out and it always. What percentage is always? 100%. It always produces Constantly, continuously, at all times, it always produces, it always creates, it always brings into being fruit. He says, it's the same with my word. My word's just like snow and rain. They water things and bring life. It's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish. It'll get her done, you know. It will accomplish all, what percentage is all? 100%. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper. It'll grow. It'll flourish. It'll thrive everywhere. What percentage is everywhere? 100%. It will, he says here, prosper everywhere I send it. This is amazing. He says, my word is just like, Rain and snow. Without rain and snow, there'd be no life on the planet. But the Bible is the only book that's full of living power. The only book out of the millions that are here, you know. In 1994, a 67-year-old carpenter named Russell Edward Herman, he died of cancer in Marion, Illinois. In his last will and testament, he bequeathed the following or donated the following $2.41 billion to the Ohio River of Cave-In Rock, $2.41 billion to the city of East St. Louis, $1.5 billion for projects in the southeastern Illinois. And in a final act of unprecedented generosity, he bequeathed $6 trillion to the Federal Reserve Board to pay off the national debt. That's in 1994. There was only one problem. At the time of his death, the only thing Mr. Herman actually owned was his car. It's giving you some inspiration for your will, right? You know? He had great intentions but he lacked the resources needed to make them a reality. You know? Well, God not only has made great promises, but he has all the resources and all the ability to follow through on every single promise he's ever made. And God keeps his promises. And hopefully you'll see that as we're looking at a few passages here this morning. In 1 Corinthians chapter, 11, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 11, it says... These things, things that we've read there in the Bible, these things, and that's the, the good and the bad, these things happen to them as examples for us. The things you're reading here are examples for us. They, talking about the words and the promises of the Bible, were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. How do you like a warning? <clears throat> Is a warning okay? Policeman writes you a warning, or would you rather have a ticket? Now, I don't know if you're familiar with this that much, but at least down south, this is before we had radar detectors and all the different methods of communications and all. What is that wire doing underneath my thing there? It keeps making it roll. Hmm. I was wondering about that thing there. Anyhow, how about that? It's not rolling around in my hand no more. We would be driving down the road and you'd see a smoky. You know what a smoky is? Yeah, yeah he's over there in the bushes with his radar out there and all. 
As soon as you get over the hill, he can't see you. Flash your lights. What's that? It's a warning. It says, you better slow down a little bit. Now, is a warning a good thing? On a, on a label, you know, don't do this or don't do that or, you know, a warning, high voltage, don't touch this or don't take the back off of this, that, and another and all. Okay, thank you. I appreciate those. Y'all must anticipate me to be messy or something here. Um, but a warning is a good thing. And that's what the scripture talks about, you know. They warn us who live at the end of the age. Romans 15 verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope. And you remember what the word hope means? Confident expectation for the future. So such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us And the scriptures give us hope and it gives us encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Oh, his promises to be fulfilled. We wait on those. We're patient as we're waiting for God's promises to be fulfilled. Although they were written long ago, they are going to be fulfilled. But we just got to be a little patient with that. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says... Half of the scripture is inspired by God. Oh, what percentage is all? 100%. I appreciate y'all humoring me. But all, because it means something. All the scripture is inspired. And the word inspired means, in the original language, it means God breathed. (sighs) The scriptures was God breathed. All the scriptures inspired by God and is useful to teach us what's true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. God uses his word, his promises, to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Any work that you do, don't you want to do it good? And his word, no matter what your career, no matter what your theme, your goals are, if we'll study God's word and we'll get his promises in our heart, it tells us it'll prepare and equip us to do every good work. It genuinely does. It equips us like nothing else can do because it's full of living power. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, it's in the Message Bible, it says, Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. Uh, like Mike uh, Kane taught for me several weeks ago, and his message was never give up. Powerful message. It's a great message. And that's what this means here. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. They never give up. They stay the course. They're not taking no shortcuts. They're not drifting off course. And he goes on to say, with committed faith, Stay the course with committed faith and then. Would you say those two words with me? And then. You, do you know how powerful the word then is? It is amazing because that's meeting a condition. Well, you met the condition then and then and then get everything. What percentage is everything? 100%. And then get everything promised to them. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. You remember when Peter was in the boat with all the other disciples and they saw Jesus in the evening time it was getting dark walking on the water and most of the disciples was crying out out of fear. And Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come. You remember what Jesus said? He said one word. He said, Come. Peter threw his leg outside the boat, went walking out there to him. It's amazing. The first man other than Jesus who actually was walking on water. Fantastic. Fantastic. He's walking on the water and all, looking at Jesus. This was, this was miraculous and all. But then Peter stopped looking at Jesus. He was hearing the wind. It was kind of howling. You know, it was splashing waves over here. 
He was kind of rocking and all, but he was keeping his balance, okay. But he started looking at the waves, you know. He started looking at natural circumstances. And that is our tendency, is it not, to look at natural circumstances? Although Jesus said, uh, forget about this natural circumstance here, come. You see, I'm out here, come. But Peter got his eyes off of Jesus and started looking only at circumstances. And what happened? He sank, the Bible says. Jesus reached out, grabbed a hold of his hand, lifted him up, and then they walked back there to the boat together. It's really important when Christ makes a promise to us to get a hold of that, you know, because the circumstances will discourage us and, and frustrate us. So, you know, we've, we've all been affected by those things, but we just got to really say, you know what? From this point on, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. Uh, in Acts chapter 27, verse 25, it says, so, and this is Paul speaking, he says, so, take courage, for I believe God. He said, what? I believe God. He said, what? I believe God. Let's do it one more time. I believe God. So Paul, he said, take courage, exclamation mark, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. God's word makes a difference. It genuinely does. Now, everybody's got conditions they got to meet, you know, and we got to be patient with other people and things like that. But when it comes between you and God, me and God, you know, we meet the conditions with Almighty God, it changes things. It genuinely changes things. Do you believe God's promises? Think about it. If you don't believe God's promises, well, maybe it's because we broke some promises we made. I have learned this over the years. If a person has no integrity, if they lie all the time, they think that you lie all the time too. You know what I'm talking about? You know somebody who can't hardly ever tell the truth? They think you're the same way. And if, if we are prone to not being honest all the time, we would suspect that, well, God's probably not really honest either. I'm just telling you the way it is. We can believe the promises of God, but we got to cling to our promises that we make, you know, and it'll help us believe God's promises a whole lot more. There was a small boy, he came running down the street, and he was just about out of breath, and he stopped in front of the stranger who was walking in the same direction he was walking, and he asked, he said, have you lost a dollar? And the man, putting his hands in his pocket, said, yeah, yes, yes, I believe I have. You know, have you found one? No. I just wanted to find out how many dollars have been lost on this street here today. And yours makes $55 that's been lost out here today. <laughs> you think that guy really lost a dollar? Probably not. See, there's an, integ an integrity issue there. And when we're not honest, we don't keep our word. We struggle with thinking, well, maybe God don't keep his word either. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. Because who is it lies? Men. Mankind does. Not God. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. He's not fickle. Yeah, well, I, oh no, I'm going to, no way, maybe. Oh, well, God's not doing that way. You know, but humans are always you know, fickle. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? No. Has he ever promised and not carried it through? No. You know, I mean, humans are covenant breakers, but not God. He's true to his promises. And it's important for us to get hold of that. It'll change our lives today if we really get hold of that. Hebrews chapter 6, and this is a very important passage here, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13, this is in the Message Bible, it says, When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. And God's always true to his promises. 
And he said, I promise. Now he's speaking to who? It's important to remember who he's talking to. It's Abraham, whose name was Abram, but it was changed to Abraham. And it says in verse 14 says, and he said, I promise that I'll bless you, Abraham. I promise that I'll bless you with everything. And how much is everything? 100%. God said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Now, could you handle a few more blessings coming your way? Yeah, I think about all of us good. Well, it's important that we would read, you know, his promises and study his promises because reading them and studying will teach us how to access them and make them real to us. There's a will here, you know, and we want to access the will. We got to read the fine print and understand how to access that will that's been written for us. You know, God will always hundred percent of the time do what he promised when conditions are met. First Kings chapter eight, verse 56 says, Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. You know, and those promises have trickled down from Moses even down to us. Verse 57 says, may the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. Joshua chapter 21 Verse 45 says, not a single one of all the good promises, not a single one of all the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Not one single promise was left unfulfilled. And then what's the next word? And what percentage is that? 100% everything he had spoken came true. And then we don't have time for it, but there's a lot of other things that Joshua said just like that, where he was saying God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises and all. Now, here's another verse that is important for you to remember. This is the only verse you got. This one is an important one. It says in Galatians 3.29, And now that you belong to Christ, you're in a relationship with Christ, you've welcomed him into your life as Savior and all, and let me ask you, how many of you here are in a, relationship, in a relationship with Jesus today? And you're unashamed of that. He says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. Other translation says the seed of Abraham. You are true children of Abraham. You remember we was reading about Abraham a while ago? God promised to bless him with everything he had. And it says here... And now that you belong to Christ, and that's the only condition, you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. That means when Abraham is passed on, you receive an inheritance. Is that right? Isn't that the way a will works? When someone passes on, then they have left something to those who are behind. And he says, you are heirs. You're his heirs. And God's promises to Abraham belong to you. Are you serious? Maybe we should read in this book and see if we can find what the promises that God made to Abraham were. Because he said, if I'm a, a believer, if I'm following Jesus, I'm of the seed of Abraham. I am an heir of Abraham. And all the blessings that God put on Abraham, they're coming to me. I'm telling you, this is the real deal here. And the promises that were sent to Abraham were sent to every man, woman, boy, and girl who's accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It changes things. And there's a lot of promises. Find them. Find those promises. You know, see what they say. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope, that's that confident expectation. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promises. You can count on the promises of God. God can be trusted 
to keep his promises. Throughout the whole Bible, it tells us that. God makes promises. They're to us, and he can be trusted to keep his promises. Turn everything around, work it together for good. That's what he promises. Hebrews 11, 11, it says, By faith, barren Sarah, do you remember who Sarah was? That was Abraham we were just now reading about. That was his wife, okay? By faith, barren Sarah was able to become pregnant, old woman as she was at the time, because she believed the one who made a promise would do what he said. She was 90 years old. Now we're going to pray for all the ladies in church today, no matter how old you are, that God would... <coughs> Lock the doors. I see people getting ready to run. She wanted a child, and she never had it. She, she never had that child. And Abraham was finagling, trying to figure out how to make this promise. He knew God's true to his word. But it tells us very clearly here, by faith, Sarah, who was known to be barren, was able to become pregnant. Oh, woman, as she was at the time, because... She believed, she believed the one who made a promise. She believed God more than she believed the promise, just words. She believed the promiser. She believed the one who made a promise would do what he said, if it, if it seems impossible. And sometimes there's things that seem impossible, aren't they? They just seem impossible. But she believed, and I'll give you some homework today to go and read Hebrews chapter 11, just one chapter, and you'll see that carried through there. Faith by faith by faith by faith. Don't matter about our past. I'm talking about our future. Where are we going in the future? What do we believe in God? What are the promises we know about? He goes on to say in verse 12, that's how it happened. That from one man's dead and shriveled loins, there are now, talking about Abraham, there are now people numbering into the millions without Viagra. Can you say that in church? Well, if you can't, y'all just forgive me because I did say it. Anyhow, there was a miracle that took place and Abraham, who was 100 years old and his wife was 90, and they had a child because they believed the promises of Almighty God. That's the truth of it. Romans chapter 4, verse 20 says, he, talking about Abraham, he didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions, you know, that were full of doubt and all like that, he plunged into the promise. Now here, I wish I had opened up the baptismal tank that's underneath me here and filled it with water, and I would have dived in right at that point in time, you know? That's what it's saying that Abraham did. <clears throat> in verse 20, he didn't tiptoe around God's promises, asking cautiously skeptical questions, he plunged, splash, he plunged into the promise, believing them. And he came up strong, ready for God. And I want to challenge you to plunge into all the promises of God that relate to you. Find out what they are, meet the conditions, access those promises for yourself. Verse 21 says, he, uh, he came up strong, ready for God, sure. Talking about being, he was convinced, he was certain <coughs> that God would make good on what he had said. God would make good on what he had said. Now, I would like only two volunteers to come up here right now because I want to give you something. And it's not just going to be trouble. Okay, I need one more. All right, we got our second one there. Now you, I can't see who all was coming there. Let me see. I need a pen also. <laughs> yeah, my pen disappeared. Anybody got a pen I could borrow? You got one? Okay. And I'll try to remember where I got it from. Okay. I want to give you a check. Is that okay? 
I'm going to give you a check too. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I talked to our bookkeeper. They trusted me with two checks for $50. Is that all right? Is that okay with you? Do you know how to spell your name? Yeah, okay. All right. Would you just write your name on the first part of there? Do you know how to spell your name? I hope so. Okay, I hope you do too. Okay, let's look at that. Okay, you keep the check. Here you go. Write your name on there. Now, the church assured me that they have enough money to cover those two checks. Okay, thank you. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you believe it or not, you know, that that piece of paper, that's not really money, but do you believe that piece of paper would produce 50 bucks? Yeah. So, therefore, if you believe it, you'll take it down to the bank, you know, give them the check, and they'll give you 50 bucks for it, right? If you don't believe it, you'll fold it up, stick it in your Bible, use it as a bookmark or something or another, and it'll be there 80 years from now, you know? Somebody go, oh, they never cashed their check, you know? Do you believe it's cashable? Yeah. I believe it is too. Would y'all give them a, an applause for helping me out here? Thank you. That's yours. It is the truth, you know? Are you convinced? How many of y'all believe that check will cash? You mean we believe what was written on a check by a man? We believe it more than what God has written in his word? <coughs> Sometimes we believe what somebody tells us more than what God tells us. And we need to take it to heart because we had to have some patience. We do because it takes patience. That's what faith is all about. You got all kinds of circumstances and they ain't going to cash that. They ain't going to cash that. They ain't going to cash that. I sure hope that check does cash when they take it up there. (laughs) But I know it will. But I know that God's promises are even more sure and more certain than that. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 16 says, when people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal to some authority above them, so that if there is any question that they'll make good on the promises, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word a rock-solid, what's his name? Guarantee. God gave a rock-solid guarantee on what he's promised. We got to meet the conditions. You know, when they go to the bank, they might have to show their license. They might have to sign a backup or something. You meet the conditions and you cash it. You access the promises of Almighty God. Verse 18 goes on to say, (coughs) God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. Wow. The promises are unchangeable. Who, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope. Here, let me see if I got something back here. Okay. This is the climbing rope. I've used one of several that we've used on the mountain. And uh, I just wasn't really prepared well today. I usually would have this rope come down out of a hole in the ceiling. Have I ever let a rope come down out of the ceiling? And I've climbed up the rope and touched the ceiling also. Yeah. Anyhow, you understand grabbing a hold of a rope? Well, what does the scripture say there? It says, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope, that confident expectation, to grab that 
promised hope with both hands. With both hands, grab a hold of that promised hope and what's it say? And never let go. You get a hold of the promises of God, get a hold of it with both hands because this leads into God's office. You didn't know it was God's office, did you? (laughs) But when you grab a hold of God's promises, the promised hope says grab a hold of it with both hands and never let it go because his promises are true. Now, I'm just acting that out with this rope here, so I'm going to let this rope go but I have not turned loose of the promises of Almighty God. I grabbed a hold of them when I was a teenager, and I've been hanging on to them ever since. And his promises are true. And some people, like the Abraham and Sarah, they held on to some promises longer than a lot of other people ever had to. But the promise was good. Because God is good, and he's true. Listen to what he goes on to say. It's an unbreakable, verse 19, y'all see it? It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God. The promises of God go directly to God himself. And you can claim, grab a hold of both hands to the promises of Almighty God and never let go because his promise leads directly to him himself. It's his word. That's his promise. It's his last will. You know, a will is usually not ever cashed in until a person dies. Is that right? Well, Jesus, he did die, did he not? Didn't he give his life? And he left us his last will and testament. And he wants us to claim it. He wants you to read the fine print. And he wants you to prevent some old sneaky, slimy, you know, bad kind of a guy who would try to, outfox you to take your inheritance away from you, you know, and tell you this, that, and another. He wants you to find the small print and read it. And he wants, God wants you to access his promises. He wants his will, his last will to become yours. That's what he wants. That's just the truth of it, you know. Hebrews 11.32 says, I could go on and on, you know, telling about men, women, boys, and girls who claim those promises of Almighty God and the things that have happened. He said, I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There are so many more through acts of faith. They toppled kingdoms. They made justice work, comma. They took the promises for themselves. Now, I have a whole lot more to share with you, but I'm going to stop right there because I want to teach you how to memorize the scripture. It's only going to take a couple minutes. He says, they took the promise for themselves. And if there's anything you've heard today, after reading just a few, there's a lot more verses about the promises of God. It says, they took, Hebrews 11, read chapter 11 today. They took the promises for themselves and would to God that your name would go into that group of people who took the promises for themselves. I reach out and grab a hold of that promise for myself. I read it, I heard it, and I reached out and grabbed a hold of both hands for myself, and I ain't never going to let it go. I'm going to take that promise for my very own self. There are so many more promises we could talk about that will just blow your socks off, and they are true. If a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, would take hold of those promises and believe them, and don't let some demon talk you out. Well, you don't really believe that's real, do you? You don't really believe that happened today, do you? That's what the devil will try to do. He comes comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He tries to uh, steal the abundant life from us. Well, after, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dan and Katie had shared with us about memorizing some verses uh, last week, and I told you last week that I would teach you how to do that. And it's a lot of fun to teach a great, big, long one. It really is. But I want to teach you just a short one here because we only have a certain amount of time. So do I have ushers who can pass these out? Do I have ushers back there? Does any of them ushers back there know anything about it? Grab several ushers. Let's, let's, let's pass this out in miraculous time. Okay? I should have probably just left one on everybody's seat. Okay, pass them out. 
grab a chunk of them, pass them down the aisle, take one, pass it, take one, pass it, take one, pass all of them. Okay? If you don't have one, raise your hand. And the balcony too. But don't go to the balcony until you're done where you're at. I don't want you to lose track of where you're at right here. Way to go. That's what I'm talking about. Take one and pass it down. Oh, yeah. Give my wife one. She needs to learn how to do this. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is a phenomenal little tool. It's what it is. And you can actually learn how to memorize anything with it. How many do not have one yet? Raise your hand. Over here? What up in the balcony? Y'all getting some up there? If you're downstairs, run up the stairs and grab an usher and take some away from him. Okay? Okay. All right, what we want to do right now, we just chose one small short verse, but it works. This works if I'd have given you 10 verses, the same principle works, okay? So I want everybody to look at the front side where the verse is written down. You see it? It's Philippians 2.13. Y'all see that? Okay. And what you do when you memorize the verse, you quote the reference in the beginning, you read the verse, and then you quote the reference again. That way you'll always know where to find it at. So I want you to read it along with me, if you would, okay? Everybody here, let's read it. Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.13. Y'all got that kind of? Let's read it one more time. Philippians 2.13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.13. Now I, I want only the ladies to read it, okay? Y'all read it. And then after that, we're going to have the guys to read it, okay? All right, ladies. Philippians 2.13. They did a pretty good job there. Okay, guys, that's our turn. Ready? <laughs> Philippians 2, 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2, 13. Okay, now we're going to read off of the back. <coughs> and so people don't think we're cheating or something, we're going to eliminate that verse. Thank you. They already eliminated. Great. Okay. So if, what we're going to do, all of us together, we're going to just read the reference and we're going to just read the letters. You probably figured it out by now. The letters are the first letter of each, of each word in the verse. But we're just going to read it. There's a little phrase. There's a little phrase. There's a phrase. There's a phrase. But we're going to read the verse reference before it. Okay. So we're going to read it together. It says... Philippians 2.13, F-G-I-W-I-G-Y-T-D-A-T-P-T-D-W-P-H, Philippians 2.13. You got that now? One more time together, and we're just about done. Let's read it one more time on the front. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.13. Now what we're going to do here, these words, these letters represent a word. And when you start reading through there, if you get stumped and you go, oh, what does F stand for? It's not cheating to flip it around. You go, oh, that stands for four. It's not cheating. And if, if you get stumped and you're having difficulty remembering a word, when you see the letter, you can draw a little picture there or something, you know. 
put a little explosions around the P for power or something or another like that. But when you're reading it and you come to a letter, you don't know what it's saying. Just turn it around and look over there. And what happens is, see, you begin to dig deep to try to remember it. You're not just reading it any longer. Because you're trying to remember it, you retrieve it, and you'll remember it a whole lot better. Guarantee you. So, let's try it together, okay? You want to read it one more time first? Are you ready to go for it? Okay. All right. I'm going to let you guys do it here. Okay? Ready? And I'll check you. Two, thirteen. That's pretty awesome. I think we should let the ladies do it now by themselves. Okay, ladies. Philippians. Awesome. You did a great job. Now, guys, let's try it. Philippians 2.13. Awesome. Y'all did fantastic. Everybody give yourselves a hand. Now, we only did that for a couple of minutes. But if, if you got an hour to, to play around with that, you can get some real big, difficult, long, hard scriptures, and you can remember them. And if you'll go over these, you know, now you're carrying this thing and people are going, what language do you speak, you know? <laughs> and the thing is, you got that on the dash of your car, on your, your mirror, and your, when you're brushing your teeth, and you go through that, you know, if you get stumped, you just look around, oh, yeah, that's what that is. It's not cheating. It's not cheating, but it helps you dig deep and to remember it. And you can remember, a, you could remember dozens of scriptures in a short period of time. Dozens of them. You really could. And that's what brings about the transformation and brings about a change in our life. So I want to encourage you, pick your own scriptures. Now, we have written down all the scriptures that you offered as offerings. There's a lot that we didn't add in there. If we had all the good ones in there, I'd have to hand you a Bible as you're leaving. But... Uh, all the scriptures that you submitted as an idea for uh, your, your offering last week are on these little papers we're going to hand out to you on your way out. But begin to make lists of, of, of scriptures that are real special to you and work at memorizing them like Dan and Katie begin to do. And you will be shocked at how quick you'll learn. And be honest with you, this will work on anything. You could use it to learn something for a test at school, you know, or some historical information. The concept works, but use it for that book that's full of living power that'll bring about transformation. Okay? Let's pray together before you go. And I just want to pray, reaffirm our faith in Christ and give opportunity to those who may not know Christ to welcome him into their lives as well. Would you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And that's why you sent Jesus. I believe he gave his life in my place. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and is knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door and I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. Help me, Almighty God, to learn your promises and to access them and to share them with others. In Jesus' name, amen.